0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets.
1: This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine.
0: It's OBA with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets, and who's walking who in Renton, Tinseltown.
1: Probably a well used passport, are always within reach of our special guest today. In his worldwide adventures, he has ushered loggerhead turtles, their hatchlings actually, back into the Atlantic Ocean. He's come face to face with brown bears in Alaska, and he will never forget an encounter with an elephant in Cambodia. Please welcome to the show Emmy Winning and host of the Wildlife Nation, Jeff. Corwin. Welcome to the show, Jeff.
2: Thank you. I'm delighted to be here, Arden. You seem very serious today. We're going to have some fun, right? Oh, no. I'm just hearing all that noise back there, and I'm hoping my family can keep it down for just half an hour or while long this takes.
1: Okay. We'll keep our paws crossed. Yeah. You definitely are a man with great missions. You're protecting wildlife. You're protecting our planet. We're going to dive into the world of Jeff Corwin after we take this commercial break. So you all know the drill. Let's just sit and stay. We'll be right back.
0: Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. behave will be right back.
1: Pause up, pet pals. Arden Moore here to talk about the importance of keeping your cats and dogs hydrated. Yes, clean water is great, but not all pets, especially cats, will lap up enough water every day from the bowl. Or maybe your dog is thirsty after a long walk. That's why I'm a big fan of two new isotonic drinks called Kitty Raid and Doggy Raid. And there is a great meal topper to enhance kibble called Yummy Raid. They all contain electrolytes and amino acids plus prebiotics. And they're all veterinary approved. Nice, right? Now, my furry Brady Bunch love them. Find out where you can get your paws on these healthy hydrating drinks, and gravy-like meal topper by visiting DoggyRaid.com. That's D-O-G-G-Y-R-A-D-E.com. Drink up, pets.
0: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Obehave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore.
1: Welcome back to the Obehave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, I have been following our special guest, Jeff Carwin, for many years. Jeff, I'm not a stalker. Don't worry. All cool. I do believe you should proclaim that you own Saturday mornings on TV. Wouldn't you say that?
2: Come well, I'm, I'm really proud of what we've done for the past almost 12 years, I think. We've held the highest rated time block on television, and with Hearst, we've helped to really transform this quadrant of television from what was once just commercials to really explorative, adventurous television that inspires uh, us all just to be a little bit better.
1: I have a cup of coffee every Saturday morning waiting for you, man. And I loved it when, uh, for years, you were Ocean Treks with Jeff Corwin on ABC. I've been on a few cruise ships, never saw you, never saw you around the (laughs) ship, just teasing. But then the pandemic hit, right? And cruise ships got docked. But you are a man that keeps going and growing. And in October, you launched the new show on ABC called Wildlife Nation with Jeff Corwin. And it's in partnership with the defenders of wildlife. I just think you're a man on the move and always with a backpack or scuba gear. But tell us a little bit about, if you wouldn't mind, COVID was terrible to a lot of different shows. I actually watched reruns of you on cruise ships because I was like, Yeah, <laughs> it was
2: COVID, COVID was life changing or life stopping, if you want to say that. It was interesting. Before COVID that year, I went to over 26 countries, logged in about a million miles. And during COVID, I went in a plane once. And it was during COVID that I just kind of had this idea, well, we're in the middle of this pandemic. We're in this great juggernaut of ugly politics. Let's reintroduce America to our great splendid wild backyard and bring them to the front lines of conservation and inspire them towards environmental stewardship. So Hearst and ABC loved the idea. I needed a great partner at every level that a partner could be. And that's where Defenders of Wildlife stepped in. Yeah,
1: and it's a great organization and it fits your wheelhouse, doesn't it?
2: Well, it does. So you may watch the show and say, oh, that's great. Jeff is now working with Defenders of Wildlife as of this fall. Well, I've worked with Defenders of Wildlife for almost 20 years, I'd say. I remember learning my first board meeting. When I joined their board of directors, I had my little daughter, Maya, with me. She was about one years old. She's now in college. Wow. And I remember learning maybe the boardroom with all the board of directors isn't the best place to change your daughter's diaper. And it was the first time I ever served in a board of directors. And I've worked with Defenders for many years on critical environmental campaigns. Defenders of Wildlife is a pioneering, no-nonsense organization when it comes to advocacy and policy we have gray wolves in Yellowstone, and they're still there because of the work of Defenders. They are fighting for clean air, water, and endangered species. And I felt this could be a great vehicle for Defenders to share the mainstream message of why we all are so blessed to have these natural resources unique to North America. But that doesn't mean they're guaranteed to be there. We face incredible environmental challenges, but let's yep. inspire through hope a journey that introduces this incredible tableau of nature and brings people to the table of conservation.
1: Well, I got to tell you, years ago, I was actually an investigative reporter at something called Newspapers, the Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel, and uh, did a lot of volunteer work with the loggerheads, you know, in Boca Raton and, and all. And I love that one of the very first episodes of Wildlife Nation with Jeff Corin, you are there with the little hatchlings and then you go high tech. Can you share people a little bit about some of the new ways groups like you are working to save these amazing turtles?
2: Well, I love sea turtles. And I think out of the 26 episodes we did this year, we probably had four episodes that feature sea turtles. And that was really an incredible one. Defenders sent me to work with the Gumbo Limbo Nature Center, and they do this incredible groundbreaking work. First of all, the community of Boca Raton has done some extraordinary things to save sea turtles. You know, when you drive up that canal. It just feels like, oh, here you go. Wealthy Florida on the intercoastal with their big yachts. But when you get to the other side of that, the wonderful surprises, they've protected miles and miles of beach and have made it sea turtle friendly for nesting. They regulate the light pollution. They put up lots of natural vegetation. They coordinate the nesting sites so the females aren't disturbed when they lay. So to go there and be a part of that incredible rescue efforts for those turtles that get in trouble, that get poisoned or fishing hooks or get hit by boats. We get to be a part of that story. They're also working with the University of Florida to do incredible conservation work. And it was pretty amazing. And it was just the perfect classic, what I think is kind of the cookie cutter example of what Wildlife Nation is, the stories we can tell. People from the community Ordinary people doing extraordinary things to save our collective natural heritage.
1: So, you go from a wetsuit to brrr, you're in Alaska and uh, you're helping uh, tell educate people about sadly the melting glaciers, salmon, and the brown bears. That was a recent episode. Again, I'm not stalking you. I actually just watched your show. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I kind of consider Alaska my home away from home. I really actually had a whole series based there a few years ago called Into Alaska for Travel Channel. I recreate there a lot. I've been there hundreds of times and, and know it very, very well, especially Southeast Alaska. And it's kind of ironic and terrifying to me that there are glaciers that I've witnessed in my adulthood that have been changed so dramatically you couldn't recognize them now.
1: And we want everybody to know you're not a 90-year-old man either.
2: So this is no. pretty
1: amazing that you've seen the change.
2: I'm only 24 years old and I have seen dramatic. Yes, I'm 24 and holding. Yeah. Yeah. But I've seen these dramatic changes. Never mind if you were to compare a historic celebrated Ansel Adams photograph of a glacier 100 years ago, you would not even find that glacier today. So Mendenhall is part of this great ice field in Alaska that holds most of Alaska's fresh water. And it is melting away before our eyes. Within my children's lifetimes, 70 to 80% of it will be gone. So why should you care? So we connect the dots from the glacier to the streams, to the salmon, the salmon, which is important culturally, to the Alaska native community, recreationally, commercially. Alaska would not be Alaska without salmon. And then to the wildlife, like the bears, the bald eagles, the blueberry and the salmon berries, this whole ecosystem is stitched together by salmon and the liquid carpet by which they walk their way into this world or swim the way up are the rivers that are created by these glaciers.
1: You had me at liquid carpet. Yeah. You know, everybody's talking. There you go. Four espressos. But you know what? your passion. That's one thing I really have admired. I have a little bit of energy too, and I've only had one cup of coffee, but my thoughts are this is a hard thing to choreograph and capture, inspire, and you are never like that eighth grade science teacher where everybody's snoring. So there's an art to entertain, but to educate, right?
2: Well, you know, for myself, I need to have that general sense of enthusiasm and passion for the story. For me, it's about, I consider myself humbly privileged and honored to be able to work with these scientists. They let me in their world because they know I'm going to tell the story in the right way that it needs to be told. And I get to exercise my wildlife biologist muscles. So I love these stories. And my challenge is to kind of interpret them and encapsulate these stories So the audience is learning while at the same time having a great time discovering and being on an adventure. I imagine us as explorers when we're doing this.
1: Well, I think that's a good mindset to keep. Hey, everybody, we're speaking with, he is on the new show. It's called Wildlife Nation with Jeff Korn. He's a biologist, a wildlife conservationist. He is a host, an executive producer. He's got a lot of things behind him. Got some Emmys, too. What We're going to take this quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to have a little fun with some unusual things people may not realize about Jeff Corrin. Don't worry. Nothing's bad. You can breathe. Inhale. Exhale, Jeff. All good. All right. We'll be right back.
0: Time for a walk oh, oh. on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages.
1: Hey, pet pals. Arden Moore here. Itch, scratch, rub, chew, repeat. Does that sound like what's happening to your pet? Help is here. Zymox skin and ear care products can help calm and soothe your pet's angry skin or red infected ears. For over 20 years, Zymox products have been helping pets find relief for these conditions. For that itchy pet, Zymox. Shampoo and leave conditioner combines a special blend of ingredients that moisturize, hydrate, and provide oh, soothing relief. For those hard-to-treat areas like body folds or the paws, easy-to-use Zymox topical cream and spray are great options. And for those nasty ears, Zymox ear solution is amazing. And you don't even have to pre-clean the painful ear. No pre-cleaning? Hooray! All Zymox skin and ear products get their effectiveness from enzymes. Zymox contains no antibiotics and no petroleum byproducts, just the soothing power of enzymes. Zymox can be found at your veterinary clinic most specialty stores for pets and online and you can save 20% off any Zymox or Oratine products on zymox.com just enter the code ARDEN20 at checkout that's ARDEN20 visit zymox.com that's z y m o x.com pause up
0: let's talk pets let's talk pets on- Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet hey, this is Alex Sweeney from Pays of Our Lives
2: and The Biggest Loser. And you're listening to Arden Moore on The O
0: Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to OBH. Here's Arden.
1: Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm having a great time speaking with the Jeff Corwin. Yep, he's the guy that hosts Wildlife Nation. You saw him on Ocean Tracks, both shows. The first one was on ABC, and now it, this one is on ABC. But I was doing a little noodling, checking into your background, Jeff, and uh, a few things. I loved when you were on the cruise ship and you got to have your family. And your daughters were on the ship too. And I think was, I'm not sure if it was Maya or which one that uh, got to do a kind of a day cruise with you or a a Marina.
2: Marina and Maya and Natasha, my wife, they've all had a chance to be, uh, Ocean Treks is this great project I've done with Princess Cruise Lines and, or Princess as they like to be called, and no, the, just Princess. So this was a great series, Ocean Treks. It was. That it allowed us to, Really show people that you can reasonably and authentically have an incredible journey of culture, nature, and exploration, and history, and great food, all from the angle of being sustainable. And that was kind of the marching orders that we had. And we still have with Ocean Treks. We're still doing incredible projects with Princess. Oh,
1: good. I'm glad you did it.
2: And I actually just came back from the Caribbean with Princess. For new ocean treks adventures, really focusing on how the cruise industry is trying to transform to be really sustainable. And they're making some pretty Herculean steps forward, especially Princess. And I wanted to explore that. But it was a great adventure. My kids had a chance to travel the world. Since my career began nearly 30 years ago, my oldest daughter, Maya, who's now at Temple University, she spent in utero in Kenya and had her first birthday I love that in word, South in Africa. Utero. <laughs> Yeah. So my kids have had a chance to be really global. And what's wonderful about Princess is they really were excited. So they would make it so I could bring my family with me and and they could have their own family moment, a part of the show and really see the world, which was awesome. No, I
1: thought they were great. I got to ask you this. You're on a ship. You can't just hide. You need to go to get something to eat or do something. How do you handle the fame on a ship with lots of people in a limited space? Because you're not in the Alaskan wilderness.
2: Well, it's interesting being, having television series, probably 12 of them and other various projects that have been around the world at various points. I've had my shows broadcasted in a hundred different countries. And so there's always been that sense of people are probably going to know who you are, but when you're in a princess ship, you literally have a captive audience and, 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 and some of those people you've inspired to take these adventures. So I love that experience. People are always very, very kind. Um, We have to be very creative. And when we're on the ship, because there's an art to making a TV show and and we have to be strategic and how we pull it together, how an episode came together in OSHA treks probably is not how you would imagine it. When you watch the episode,
1: you just teased me. Give me an example. What do you mean?
2: So it takes days to make an episode. So when you go to a place, you really have a very minimal time to get in there and create this really robust, adventurous journey that in a very, very attainable way can be experienced by people really on one day. So yes, exactly. you could actually take one of our stories that we did. All of our stories were, were strategically done and planned out that in theory, if you were really planning it and did your homework and dotted your eyes and crossed your teeth, you could have pulled off the specific adventure. That's but not, really they're meant yeah. to, they're, they're really meant to be an inspiration of how to look at these destinations to push yourself As I would say, explore the world and find your own adventure.
1: We're going to have a little fun because I was doing some noodling, checking out Jeff. I had no idea. Jeff, you actually starred in a Claritin allergy commercial once.
2: I did, yeah. I've done a few. I've always struggled with allergies, and that was a lot of fun. We did a a Claritin commercial in Costa Rica, which was a lot of fun. I've done a few commercials over the years, so one of the byproducts and opportunity, I guess, of having well, at least it's. I hope
1: it's nothing embarrassing that you had to do a commercial for, but you know, allergies hit a lot. I'm not doing
2: anything for catheters yet. All right, went, all right. Way off in the distance.
1: Well, this is the old behave show. I love also, this is going to jog some memory. What character did you play in the
2: cartoon series Pound Puppies? Do you remember? Oh my gosh. What did character did I? I can't remember who did. I remember I was in the Tinkerbell movie.
1: Okay, I didn't know that.
2: I played one of the fairies called Buck. <laughs> careful how you helped. pronounce it okay uh, i know well and the mission of buck who was kind of like a deer half deer half kind of little person fairy buck's mission was to work with tinkerbell and the team of other fairies and creatures that lived in this forest to prepare them to to take on the nether beast which is this creature and it was all these actors and actresses in the cast and i remember my agent said oh would you want to be in this and i'm like oh I don't think I want to do a Tinkerbell movie. And then my daughter (laughs) at the time, she was probably five or six, her eyes lit up and she, she looked at me, she said, Tinkerbell. And I went, I'm gonna do it. Sign there me up. There you go. So, you and it was a lot a of You're a good fun. dad. But I can't remember what was my character in Pound Puppies. I can't
1: remember. I just I, I was just trying. To I did. Me. I
2: remember that was a Pound lot of Pound Puppies. Oh, I think I, did I play a did I play either a crocodile or I played the guy oh, who catches the crocodile. I think
1: you Yes. Yes. Yeah. My um, producer Mark Winter, his kids would watch Pound yeah. Puppies, so I jogged his memory. Um, the other thing I thought was kind of cool. You were on. You were one episode. You played yourself. Back in uh, 2003, I'm looking for my notes CSI Miami. CSI Miami. Yeah, CSI. That
2: was awesome.
1: What You did something with a live crocodile?
2: Well, basically, it was kind of cool. It was the first time they ever did this. They took a real-life human being and and had that human being play their actual role in life in a fictional drama series. So I basically got called in. They basically were trying to solve the, the cause of death, which clearly- had a connection to crocodile being a predator. So I was like, my big line was, you can't kill it, it's an endangered species. Yes. So, so essentially we lavaged the crocodile, which is a technique, we fake lavage it. We didn't lavage a real crocodile, but we basically, and then you see the leg of the, the victim drop out of the crocodile and I'm able to show that, that it was severed by a saw and not the crocodile's jaw and saved crocodiles to survive another day.
1: Move over, Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. We have Jeff yeah. Corwin in the house. <laughs> hey, what about, I think this is cool. I know everybody's been teasing Paul Rudd because he's Sexiest Man Alive on People Magazine, but uh, didn't you make uh, People Magazine's Most Beautiful People edition once?
2: I did. And that was fun. And I thought a lot more <laughs> would happen from that. And that did. <laughs> it, was, it was like, now my career is really going to take off. And it was like, oh, I don't think people read magazines anymore.
1: All right. What about let's get to that elephant. We've been teasing everybody. I'll show Cambodia, elephant, Anderson Cooper. What happened?
2: So that was for a series that I had created for CNN called Planet in Peril, where we exploit. This is one of the first series. I don't want to say modern series, but yeah 2000 or whatever where we had a, a global very impactful look where we distilled down what's happening to the planet climate change habitat loss habitat loss endangered species and we were working at a facility I'd worked at many times in Cambodia called tamau working with elephants that I'd worked at these were all rescue elephants elephants that had lost their limbs to snares poacher snares or had been other problems in conservation, habitat loss issues, rescued from circuses. And this elephant had had a bad day and nearly ripped my arm off. And it took a long time to heal.
1: So what exactly happened? Were you just going to it's touch It's a them? great
2: example of like, well, we were bathing with the elephants and cleaning them and washing them. And the elephant, for some reason, you know, decided to take its frustration, her frustration out of me and just, you know pick me up like a rag doll and whip me around. And if your dog messes with you or human messes with you, you can walk away from that. But if something weighs 8,000 pounds, you don't have a chance. So luckily we were able to diffuse that. I was able to get my arm out of its mouth, but I don't think I would have lasted much longer. I mean, was it was it that a left, close.
1: Wow. Left hand or left arm? What?
2: Left elbow.
1: And aren't you left-handed?
2: I am left-handed. Yeah. Today, I literally was, I see my elbow. I don't know if it's from going to the gym or using my, this is my fishing rod hand, but it's, yeah, I have a little issue there. I don't don't think it's from that. That was so long ago, but I was very, very lucky. It could have been a lot worse.
1: And see, I even noticed you were a lefty like I am. See? Yeah. That's what the reporter in me does. i try to get the details. (laughs) I wanted to ask... Tell us a little bit more about the new show. I know it debuted in October. I love the fact that you're going coast to coast. We did talk about the sea turtles, but you also have—I don't think you ever sit still, frankly. But you were recently were at the Southeastern Wildlife exposition, and you met Hannibal, the bald eagle with one eye.
2: Yeah, so I was every other year I'm the keynote speaker for the Southeast Wildlife Expo in Charleston, and this is where some of the best wildlife artists in the world come. For this three day festival of food and culture and nature. It's an awesome event, especially if you, I love, as you can probably see my decor, I love that sort of artwork.
1: Yeah. And, I love
2: this. um, So, yeah, I've done that every year with those great folks. It's known as Seaweed. But, you know, for Wildlife Nation, I think it's the show I've waited my whole life to do. It's about exploring the North American backyard that we all share. And it's not just about incredibly dramatic, powerful, iconic stories, which we do. Just a couple of weeks ago, we were on Año Nuevo's Beach State Park in California with my great friend, Dr. Dan Costa with the University of California, Santa Cruz, and their incredible research project that focuses on elephant seals. So we have so many challenges in conservation as with the bald eagle now, which is driving the lower 48, once pushed to the brink, we were reduced to only two dozen elephant seals a hundred years ago. uh,
1: Yeah. You said now how many are
2: there? I want to say almost a quarter of a million. Wow. And we had to borrow them from Mexico. Thank God we didn't have a water wall or we never would have got them, right? And it's just one of the most powerful stories of restoration and determination.
1: Well, one thing you said about the sea otters kind of reminded me they were as hairy. And you said that their hair, because they don't have blubber. Do you remember the statistic of the fair
2: follicles? So you can have in one square inch of sea otter hair, you can have upwards to a million individual strands of hair. Wow. And the irony, as with the beaver, so went the sea otter. That tool for survival in frigid, unforgiving waters became their demise because we killed them for that, yeah. that for, for the pelt trade. We just did this amazing story on beavers. I was just editing it right before we began our conversation, where we work with the Tulalip tribal community in Washington State. And they're taking beavers that normally would be euthanized because they're getting into agriculture and they're creating dams and lodges. And they rescue those beavers and they are introducing them to protected areas to increase salmon population to create good span. Spa- oh, so it's the, the, the Tulela people with their biologists are using salmon to save species. And that's also a big focus for us. We have quite a few stories that focus on the modern Native American. I like conservation that. connection, working with pioneering conservationists and biologists from many tribal communities to tell the story of North American conservation. I think our epic story we had was we were in Alaska when the Eludic tribal community in Old Harbor on Cycloditic Island reintroduced bison after they were wiped out. Oh. And we worked with the Intertribal Buffalo Council that is a Uh, as a partnership of at least 70 different tribal nations that are working to restore the pure Yellowstone bison into the habitat where it once lived.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Hey, what's on your bucket list? You've filled a lot in your bucket, but is there something on your bucket list you're really looking to do?
2: There's not too much in all honesty, a lot of the stories today are revisiting stories to see where things are at so it's a way. Okay. So for example, I've done the elephant seal story a number of times over the year years but now there's this really wonderful transformation in the natural sciences in conservation and front lines, wildlife management and stewardship. And that is so when i first started out it was usually a middle-aged white guy taking this younger white guy into the forest to do some conservation now in a typical episode you're probably only see one moderately good-looking middle-aged white guy and that'll be me i wonder though yeah yeah so for example our story we did uh, with the the elephant seal folks in in california they're all women scientists of every generation. So they were students of Dan Costa that are now the principal investigators taking this project into the 21st century using new technologies. 80% of the scientists we feature and, and experts and leaders in conservation are women. Wow. And I think that's such a powerful story to tell. And I think the other story we really want to tell is to show a great diversity of scientists. So. I hope that not only by telling the stories of leading female scientists that are changing the world for everybody, I really look forward to the day to seeing that diverse, that every way human beings can be diverse and really celebrating that. And that's the story I wanna tell that. So when I grew up, I grew up in the inner city. My dad was a Boston cop. I grew up in a three family apartment building and nature for me was my salvation and refuge. And every time some kid who grew up in the inner city, especially if it's a kid of diversity and they say, I'm a biologist because of what you do or what you have done, that warms my heart. But now we now there's great opportunity for Uh people. We, along with defenders, and that's a big priority for defenders to really ensure that the front lines. Of conservation leaders represents the incredible, valuable diversity that is unique to our nation.
1: And I think also you're a pretty terrific girl, Daddy. I mean, you've got your two daughters, you and Natasha have inspired to raise them right. They're in school. Do either one of them want to follow in your footsteps?
2: So it's interesting. So I think my youngest daughter, Marina, has a little bit of a penchant for nature and wildlife. I think all kids do, but she seems to have it more. She certainly has a tremendous sense of advocacy for when it comes to issues like social justice and human rights. We had to wait about three days to really break it to her. It's kind of softly introduced her that RBG had died. We had to like Mm. literally brace her down for that moment. My daughter, Maya, who's an incredible student and amazing. Both of them are, unlike their dad, are incredible academics Uh and scholars but Maya she's studying television production she's studying media she wants to become a director and which totally surprised me so she may um, direct
1: you in another show you never know
2: she may yes yeah, she may yep
1: Hey, everyone. We have been speaking with Jeff Corrin. You got to check it out. Saturday mornings, ABC. It is called Wildlife Nation with Jeff Corrin. He has done so much good to the planet, to the wildlife. And I just want to ask you, are you having a good time? Do you have a good time on the show?
2: I have a great time in the show. I'm very lucky. I I work with a team of folks. Some of them I've worked with for over 20 years. Wow. Um, And we're all very good friends. And Hearst is a great company to work with, you know, a pioneer and leader in communications in the United States, and to have Defenders, an organization that I didn't just kind of bump into and said, let's see if we can make this work. I have a great understanding of who Defenders is and how important their message is, and that we get to be a a vehicle for their mainstream mission of waking up America to our responsibility and our opportunities with the nature we all share. It to me is exciting. But yeah, I do enjoy it, but I enjoy it in different ways. I used to like be shaking to jump in the water and catch the this and jump on the that or take a lot of risk. And I still have to take a lot of risk in what I do. And I'm not someone who's fearful. I have no problem with heights or rappelling down cliffs or diving deep for something. And I'm good at those skill sets. But I'm also happy to sit back And just kind of watch people do it and kind of be there experientially, but I don't have to manhandle the story. I can just kind of let the people I'm working with tell the story. And I think that's how storytellers evolve. And for me, the joys I love, it's not about, oh my gosh, I'm going to be able to work with Bald Eagles for the first time. Well, I've worked with Bald Eagles many, many, many times in many different areas of North America, but now I get to tell those stories differently or visit with friends that are continuing their journey as leaders in conservation. And that's how it's changed for me. I tell the stories through a different lens. And I think that's how I stay fresh and and stay relevant. And I'm more interested in the craft now versus the physical experience. And the most emotional high that you get from the moment of, I'm less interested in catching that snake, but more interested in seeing how we tell the story of that snake in the final product with the person who's trying to save that snake.
1: Well, with Age Brings Wisdom and you have a remarkable new set of lenses that you're telling your story. Hey, everybody, we have had a great time talking with Jeff Corin. I wish we could clone him. But he can inspire each one of us in our own way to help our planet, help our wildlife. So please do check out Wildlife Nation with Jeff Corin on Saturday mornings. I want to give a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter, the surgeon of sound—not sturgeon, Jeff, surgeon. Okay, just want to get that fish. Well,
2: sturgeons could be very nippy. I've been <laughs> bitten by a few.
1: He's not nippy. Mark's yeah. not yeah. nippy. All right, I hope you all take a look at Pet Life Radio. We are the number one pet radio network on the planet. Seven million listeners, strong and growing. Check out ArdenMoore.com. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two-, three-, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave.